This podcast is part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. I'm Bob Main, and you're listening to episode number 289 of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. This is a practical prepping show. I don't go tinfoil hat on you because I don't believe in that. I believe that prepping should be practical, and that it should be mainstream, and that it should be fun to do, and that it should be popular. And that's what I try to do on this podcast. So this this episode, I got a really nice interview for you. Allison Harris, the host of Passionate About Prepping, a new prepping podcast that is on the Self-Defense Radio Network, by the way. And she has got about three or four episodes out there right now, and she is real smart. And she even has her own store selling survival supplies and everything. And I'll let her talk to you about that in the interview. And that's going to be coming up very shortly. One of the things that I want to say is that you might find yourself, for those of you that that carry firearms for protection, as I do, not all survivalists do, but some do, you might find yourself in a pretty tough legal battle if you had to use your firearm in self-defense. And a friend of mine named Paul Lathrop had to spend over $12,000 just, just to pay an attorney. But, and, and he didn't even use his gun, but he got arrested because a gun was involved. And he had to spend twelve grand just to get his attorney started. You know, How many of you have an extra $12,000 lying around that you could send to a lawyer to clear your good name if you had to use your gun in self-defense? You can get rid of that worry from the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network, who is a sponsor of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And it's only $135 a year. So check it out. Go to armedcitizensnetwork.org. I'll put a link in the show notes. Armed Citizens Legal, excuse me, armedcitizensnetwork.org. And there's a tracking code you help support the network financially if you just use Paul Lathrop, L-A-T-H-R-O-P. If you just put that in there, Paul L, let him know that you heard it through this podcast. Uh, We will get supported financially and i i think it's important that that you think about that if you're the kind of person that carries a gun all right so let's get in to the episode with uh the interview with allison harris all right my special guest for this episode is allison harris from passionate about prepping welcome to the show allison Hi, Bob. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, Passionate About Prepping, it's a new podcast on the Self-Defense Radio Network, and it's the only the second podcast on prepping, mine being the first one that's on the network. So, you know, Allison, introduce yourself to the audience. Tell, tell them about Passionate About Prepping and why you started to do this. we got some topic matter to talk about, but introduce yourself first. Well, I'm Allison. Um, I also own... Emergency readiness kits and supplies. It's actually a web store, irkshub.com. And my podcast, Passionate About Prepping, is a spur off of that. I started 
the website which sells emergency supplies and survival gear. I started it earlier this year, and then my friend, Paul of uh, Polite Society Podcast, he contacted me and said, I think what you're doing is great. How about you talk to people about it? Yeah, that's great. So that's how that ended up coming about. And welcome. And so let's go ahead and give out your your website. It's ERKSHUB, and that's E-R-K-S-HUB.com. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to be placing an order with you pretty soon, too. I need to get get some gluten-free stuff, too. That's right. I forgot we had that conversation. Yeah, we did. I need to get some gluten-free food and a few other things, so I'll be contacting you about that. But passionate about prepping, I, I like that name, Allison. I think that's good. Thank you. Thank you. What I wanted to try to do is keep away from the doom and gloom of the prepping world because that ends up scaring people, and I think it turns people away from what away from the need to be prepared because then they think that they're going to be grouped in with whatever arena that they think is kind of the nut job. Some people think it's the zombie people or, you know, the economic collapse people, whatever it is that has just has them turned away from it. But no matter what your doom and gloom scenario you think it might be, you still need to be prepared for the everyday stuff that can happen. You know, Mother Nature doesn't stop just because we're watching politics. That's exactly right. You're going to fit in real well on the network because I'm that way too. You know, people that have been listening to me for a while, they know that I'm a no tin foil hat kind of mm-hmm. guy. I don't get into that. I try to keep things positive. Matter of fact, my last couple of episodes were on the, the positive attitude and philosophy about survival. Right. And one of the biggest things that people forget in their while they're prepping, too, is the positive attitude you have to keep, because if you let yourself get down or lose hope, then there's no point in prepping in the first place. Yeah. And I'm, it, it's just as dangerous as a broken leg. Yeah, well, you're right. And I got to be honest, sometimes I get down. I don't lose complete hope, but I do get down. And so sometimes I have to go back and listen to myself. Right, and I have that problem too, especially when you start looking at all of the other websites that are available that cater more towards the scary aspect of it. Yeah, and there's a lot of those. It makes a lot of sense. There are are other podcasts like that, and there's also a lot of forums Mm -hmm. and websites that go to the scary side of it. Right, and I don't think that there's a need to scare people with it. Yes, we all need to know what the possibilities could be, but we need to be prepared so we can live more than just survive. Amen to that. So keeping along with that subject, let's let's discuss some some uh, supply bags. Let's talk about an everyday uh, supply bag, a bug in bag or a bug out and things or what kinds of supplies, even if it's not just a bag, what is it that you think people should have? Let's talk about, first of all, bugging in. What? Tell us what a little bit about what you do and what you recommend. Well, all of your essentially categories of the kits that you can have, whether it's everyday carry, a get home bag, a bug out bag or your bug in supplies – All of those supplies are going to cover the same basic things, only your quantities are going to vary. If you're carrying it with you, you're going to need a lot less than your storeroom that you have full of your supplies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're at home, you're going to want to have, first first and foremost, water. 
because usually that's the first utility to go down when an emergency happens, especially if you live in the areas now where they're burying the power lines. So power's not as likely to go out anymore as it used to be, but water is still vulnerable. So if when you're at home, you need to have a minimum of one gallon per person per day plus extra for pets. Now, you may need extra for cooking, too, depending upon what kind of food you store. Yeah, one gallon per person per day, and that's pretty much the standard that I've heard from a lot of right. people. And that is actually a bare minimum. You'd be surprised at how much water you go through if you ever, which I recommend it for people, but if you ever go through a practice run and use some of the supplies you have just for a day, you know, don't use your utilities that are already there. Um, you'd be surprised at how much water you really go through for a day. Well, if you think about it, a family of three, that's three gallons of water per day. Mm-hmm. And, and it that's doesn't... absolute minimum. That's just really brushing your teeth, washing your hands, and other hygiene, and including some to flush toilet. Yeah, that does not include taking a shower or bath. Mm-mm. No, it's um what they used to call in the Army a PTA bath. Mm-hmm. You know, washing all of the necessary places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about all you can get. <laughs> well, and that's right. And, you know, so that's not much. So let's bump that up. Let's bump that up mm-hmm. to like two gallons per person right. per day. And a lot of people have concerns about the cost of buying the water. One, you can buy plain purified water in a gallon jug at the big box stores for roughly about a dollar, dollar twenty-five. But if you don't want to spend that kind of money, save your extra milk jugs, save your soda bottles. Save your juice containers, anything big that can be rinsed out, sterilized. You can fill it up with water from your tap and stick it in a closet. Yes, and you can also, if I mean, if it's in your financial budget, mm-hmm. at the at the grocery stores, those big five gallon plastic uh, bottles are not all that expensive. No, that no, they're not. The only concern I have with those, and don't recommend it that much, is because they can be hard to handle. Yes. And if you have little ones, and you know, if there's for some reason that you cannot help your child get into those five gallon buckets, your child may be without water. You know, you kind of need to think of those. Most kids can handle a gallon jug. But those five-gallon ones are really hard, so you need to consider your options if you have little ones. It's a good point. Uh, I've got both. I've got five-gallon bottles. I've got gallon bottles. And I even have uh, a few cases of just bottled water. Right, right. Now, as far as water goes, I know that some people are doing research and think that water can go stale. It can get a stale taste, but water doesn't actually expire. You know, that bottled water that you have sitting for a couple of years, if you went to drink one right now, it may not taste very good, but you can actually re-oxygenate that water and it'll taste just as new. And you just do that by pouring it into one cup and then pouring it back and forth about six or eight times. It gets the air back into the water and makes it taste better again. And if it makes you feel more comfortable, you can also sterilize it. Yes, even though with it being in the bottle, in the bottle, it's already sterilized. It's already clean water if it was store bought. Yeah, but if you feel better, you can mm-hmm. al- you can always purify it, boil it, do any kind of thing you want to it, really. Yeah. You know. Um, like- as far as bottled water, though, especially if you get spring water, only boil it for sixty seconds after it comes to a rolling boil. Otherwise, more water evaporates, and the minerals and things that are in that water will concentrate and they can make you sick. Good point. 
Good point. So the best thing to do is just go ahead and drink it or maybe, you know, use uh, use another yeah. method other than boiling to purify it. Now, some people that have at-home gardens, they will sometimes take that uh, uh, quote-unquote old water and move it into their garden needs for if they have water issues at home and they still need to water their garden. Well, and you're talking about rotation. I'm a big fan of rotation. Right, right. but um, that water doesn't have to be wasted. It does not have to be wasted. That's correct. You can always you can always put it in your garden and mm-hmm. get fresh water. Right. All right. So that's right. bugging in. What what else about bugging in? What else do you like to see people have? Uh, food, of course. You're going to need to research your calorie intake, though. You know, um, because the basic 2,000 calorie per day diet, most people actually do eat more than that. So if you're storing 2,000 calories per day per person, you may end up actually losing weight and also depending upon your activity level based on the emergency you're preparing for, you may need more calories than that. Mm-hmm. If if you're going to be doing a lot of work like perhaps clearing trees because of the storm that came through, you're going to need more calories than just that 2,000. You might want to consider bumping that up to 2,500. Now, if you end up not consuming those calories during your emergency, that just stretches your food preps even farther. Exactly. So also with food preps, don't forget your plates and your spoons and something to hold your water that you have so you can drink out of it because you really don't want everybody drinking out of the same jug. And don't forget a can opener. You'd be surprised at how many people forget a can opener. I have three of them. <laughs> Good job. One is none. Yeah, that's one. right. And if you have three, you might be ready. I have, Yeah, you might be ready. I have two manual and one electric. And, of course, electric may not be available. So I've got two manual can right. openers. It's amazing how many people do not have a manual can opener. I use mine every day. I don't even have an electric one. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And you mentioned um, you mentioned having plates and cups and spoons mm-hmm. and knives. Uh, what do you think about this? I recommend having lots of plastic or paper plates, cups, and knives. The paper plates can be a good idea because you can also use them as fire starter if you need to. Yeah. But the plastic ones have a little bit of an issue because if you forget to pack cooking utensils those plastic ones will melt in a hurry if you're trying to warm up food yeah but i'm talking about if you're just eating the food right if you're just eating the food the plastic ones are fine but if you're uh, think about if you're in a confined space then you have trash issues yeah you have well and one of the reasons why i thought about that is because yes you have trash issues but you don't have to wash them you can you can just throw them away seal up the bag and get mm-hmm. rid of the bag if it's easy to do that correct so it it really all depends on the type of emergency that you're preparing for because yeah. you're going to prepare for a tornado differently than you're going to prepare for some damage to your home you know, you're going to end up needing different things yeah. and you can tweak. No, well, different things isn't really the right thing. It, it You're going to need the same stuff, but it can be, you know, plastic versus reusable. Yeah. Depending so upon which situation. Paper plates and paper cups, they can be fire. Right now. See, I wouldn't do that if we were doing, say, a bug out bag or a get home bag. I would recommend using the re- usable ones because you can only carry so much with you that's right yeah you can only carry so much weight Mm -hmm. so then you'd probably recommend actual 
regular knives, forks, spoons, metal knives, forks, and spoons, right? Yeah, and the camping stuff is great. You know, they've got one that looks similar to a Swiss Army knife style mm-hmm. that has a fork, a knife, and a spoon in it. Or you can get one of the camping eating tools that's actually a spork, and it has a serrated edge on one side. So there's really a whole lot of different options. That's what I have. I have two of those mm-hmm. camping style in my bug out bags. Um, I actually have two bags. I have one that's in my vehicle all the time. And then I got mm-hmm. one, I got one sitting right here in my office as I'm doing this interview. I got a big backpack and I've got those camping style utensils in there and they weigh practically nothing. Right. You can barely even tell that you're holding them. Exactly. And you know, they have them in different options, which if you, preferred one of the melamine ones, which is similar to plastic without the plastic issues, then, you know, that's going to be even lighter than a metal one. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a great. Okay. So and then what else for uh, let's talk about bugging in. Let's stay on that for a minute. Sure. You're definitely going to need first aid. You know, the basic supplies for cuts and scrapes, of course, you want to make sure you keep everything clean, but you also need to worry about having some supplies for sprains and breaks, especially minor breaks like fingers or things like that. A major bone is not as likely, Mm -hmm. just depending upon your situation. Again, I mean, in my home, I live in a three-story house, so if we were to run from the top floor all the way down the two flights of stairs, someone's probably going to get a sprained ankle. Probably so, yes. Yeah. So you're going to need to look at having those basic supplies, but I also recommend a minimum for trauma having a tourniquet and also having some uh, quick clots, some blood stopper. But first and foremost is you need to have the training on how to use it. Absolutely. And what a lot of people don't know is you can take a first aid class for free online. There's many of them out there to choose from. You got a couple you could recommend to people? I do have a link for them on the Irks Hub website. I don't have them right in front of me, but I did put it on there. There's a couple of different choose from. Uh, Red Cross does actually have one that you can take online, and it is free. The only thing you would have to pay for is if you actually wanted a certification. So, But I have a couple of different ones on the Irks Hub website. It's under the links and information page. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. If you go to her website, irkshub.com, there's a first aid link right there. It's good stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't really help anybody if you don't know what you're doing. You, yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, you could make it worse. And it looks like you also have some pretty good ready-made first aid kits there. We do. We are actually pretty proud of those. Now, I cannot say that any one of them is absolutely perfect only because they need to be personalized for your needs. But they have very, very good starter kits. Yeah, nothing's perfect. Mm-mm. No, that's why I don't like the store-bought, ready-made bug-out bags either that you can get or the emergency kits. No. They are a good starting point, some better than others, but they all need to be personalized. Yeah. I don't want anybody to think that they can go out, buy one of these bags, and then they're ready because they're not. No, they're not. No, they're they're definitely not. So anything else before we move into the bug-out or everyday carry? Um, Well, as far as bugging in, you're going to need – a place to use the bathroom and mm-hmm. don't be stingy. Make sure you have plenty of toilet paper and 
plenty of whatever it is you want to use for the bathroom, whether it is a camp toilet with chemicals. Those are good, but keep in mind they will need to be emptied. My personal favorite and what my family does is we just have a five-gallon bucket, some good heavy-duty trash bags that aren't too big. You know, we're not going for um, contractor 55-gallon drum size. We're not doing those. But good quality trash bags and kitty litter. Uh-huh. Kitty litter is a great go. absorber, and it has odor neutralizer. You tie up the bag, and I have an additional bucket that has a lid, so I can put the used ones in that bucket and close it off. Uh-huh. There you go. Now, the kitty litter is a good idea. I didn't think about that. Yep. My husband and I were truck drivers for several years. We've picked up all kinds of tricks. <laughs> That's good. Now, and also, I, I like the 55-gallon uh, contractor bags for other reasons. Uh, there's right. all kinds of things you can do. If you have to clean up a disaster site, those things yes. are great. Yes, those are perfect. You should always have some of those, especially if you're a homeowner. There's always trash that needs to be picked up. Yeah, and if there's a, a, a some kind of a weather disaster or something like that, they're great for picking up. They're also you can use those and make shelter out of them too. Yes, yeah, and you can also use them to uh, fetch water or do rain collection. Mm-hmm. Or you can also make them into a rain poncho as well. Yes. Keep all your kinds backpack dry, all kinds of stuff. A yep. trash bag has multiple uses. Oh, yeah. And those contractor ones, man, those things are strong. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So um, after using the bathroom, you're going to need toiletries. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one, of course, you're going to need the toothbrush and toothpaste and deodorant. I recommend putting baby wipes on the list just so you can keep clean and not have that layer of funk that comes when there's stress around. But also, don't forget the feminine hygiene products. Absolutely. Because you don't want to have to think about that when you're going for your supplies. You need to already have it there. You know, what happens if that occurs a couple of days into the emergency? Mm-hmm. Now you're, A store may not be available. Uh, you, you could be in trouble. Absolutely. That's right. something That's something a lot of people don't think about. A lot of, right. a, a lot of women just don't think about that when they, when mm-hmm. they prepare their, their kits. Now, a recommendation I have made to several people is if you are a po- in a point in your life that you're no longer going to have children – you may want to consider making it medically go away. There are options. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> there is. And then there's that and then that prep is not going to be there. Right. But those preps do still have other uses. They can be used for medical uses. If you have a puncture wound, tampons are great and uh, fem- uh, pads are great for pressure bandages. Yeah, I was going to say you could make a good a good bandage out of a pad. Mhm. And they're highly absorbent. I mean, that's their purpose. That's their purpose. They, they're light. They don't take up much room, and they are highly absorbent. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you were talking about the toiletries and everything, mm-hmm. you know, stock up. Those are cheap. You can stock right. up on toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, all kinds of stuff. That's cheap stuff, but it. But it in, a, in a disaster, those things can be invaluable. Right, Right. And also something I'm going to be trying soon, I recently learned you can dehydrate toothpaste. Seriously? You can. Oh, okay. Well, if you ever think about it, if you see the 
if you ever drop toothpaste in your sink and don't rinse it out and it dries, that's essentially <laughs> what it is. It's dehydrated toothpaste. But you can do it in a clean, organized manner and save it, and it will actually save you the water weight plus the concern of the tube puncturing. It practically turns to stone. Right. And if you put it on a little bit of um, – on a sheet of plastic wrap or on a glass plate where you can just pop it off real easy after it's dried, you can put it into a container or a zip-top bag, and you've saved yourself a bunch of weight and worry. I was talking about when, when you leave that in your sink and you don't rinse mm. it out. It gets hard. It, 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 it does. It, it hardens on your sink. <laughs> it does. And it seems like the nicer your sink, the more it sticks. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And then you scratch your sink trying to scrub it off, you know. Yep. <laughs> uh, not really. You don't really scrub, scratch. If you're no. smart, you don't. But I'm just <laughs> exaggerating there. But good stuff. Good stuff. Right. So next on the list would be warmth. At absolute minimum, you're going to need something to keep you warm. Whether you decide to have blankets because you have the extras around the house, you decide to buy the sleeping bags, at absolute minimum, you need to have the space blankets, you know, the real big shiny silver ones. Yeah, I got two of them in my bug out bag. <clears throat> I actually hand them out for free to people that I meet through Irks Hub. That's one of my free giveaways. I've got a bunch of them that I keep with me. And, you know, here, this, you know, minimum, you need to have one of these. Throw it in your glove box of your car. Put it in your everyday carry bag. You should have a couple in your bug out bag or get home bag. You know, these are also multi-purpose. You can use them to signal for help if you needed to. If you're out camping or you're in your emergency situation, you can also use them and your duct tape because your duct tape is something on your list of things you should have. Everybody should have duct tape. Several can, rolls of it. <laughs> several rolls. Um, you can use a little bit of your duct tape and one of or a couple of those mylar blankets, depending upon the size of your tent, and use them to line the inside of your tent, and that way it's easier to stay warm in there, and you don't use as much energy like candles or heater or whatever your your heat source is. You won't use as much of your fuel. Good point. Good mm -hmm. point. Good stuff. All right. We'll keep going. What else about oh, bugging in? Tools. You need to have your tools. You need to have a good multi-tool. I recommend Gerber. Those are my favorites. They are reasonably priced and very well constructed. They I've are. never had a problem out of a Gerber tool in my life. I've had more expensive ones that break and the cheaper ones that break. I like moderately priced things anyway. I don't believe I've, that the Gerbers, they're not Chinese made either, I don't think. No, they are American made. Yes, that's right. They are one of the products that we sell on our website. We do sell other brands as well, but those are the ones that I personally own. Good, yeah. And, you know, that's multi-tools. Gosh, I mean, you know, they're not that expensive. Two or three no. of them. right. They can be anywhere between 15 and $40, depending upon how many gadgets you want in your tool. But, you know, the, like I said, the other, there are some more expensive brands, but I haven't seen a difference in quality between the more expensive and more moderate, moderately priced. And by the way, I'm not getting paid to say any of that. Yeah. Well, I think, I'm glad you said that, but I think people know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of what you're talking about, Allison, 
not only applies to bugging in, but these are the types of things that we should have in our kits. I've got a lot of this stuff. And I have two kits, as I mentioned. I have one that's in my vehicle all the time, and then I have another that is in my house. And the reason there's a, a bug out bag in my house is in case I got to grab that thing and get me and my family out of here, it's mm-hmm. ready. It's ready to go. Yeah. See, I like keeping bug out bags in my car because if I have to go, that's where I'm going. You know, that's the first my first destination is to my car. The downside for me on keeping them in the car is the extreme temperatures can have an effect on some of your supplies. So you have to keep a closer eye on it than if you had it in the house in a more temperature controlled area. That's why I have two. I have one, the temperature Mm -hmm. controlled house, and Mm -hmm. I have another in my vehicle and I have to go through my vehicle kit probably every three or four months to just to check things out to see if the heat Mm -hmm. or the extreme cold has had an effect especially on any kind of food that you put in there you know in the heat forget about it i don't even in fact i don't even put much food in my vehicle kit in the heat Mm -hmm. see and you have more extreme heat than i do you're further south than i am i'm up in south dakota so we have more extreme cold yeah, that we and, have to be concerned with. And, you know, you got to watch for your water freezing and if you have medications and things like that in your bag. Just I'm talking like over the counter stuff, headache right. medicines, you know, allergy stuff. Yeah. In my but, in my vehicle kit, because of our heat and things like that, I keep things like mixed nuts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, um, right. uh, really well sealed beef jerky and right. different types of things that aren't likely to spoil real quickly. Yeah, those are perfect things. You could even consider dry um, granola bars. I have those. I have I have granola bars. I have the um, because I have to be gluten free. I have the the think thin snack bars. Mm-hmm. Those types. I've found that if there's if you like the ones that have the moisture content to them, they're kind of more cakey. Those don't hold up as well. So the drier ones tend to last a lot longer. Yes. And those, and those are not as susceptible to going bad in the heat or in mm-hmm. the cold. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning though, your bug in items are the same as the things that you're going to have in your bug out bag. It's mostly quantities that vary. But something that you should other other tools that you should have on your list, of course, are um, a fold up shovel, also known as an e-tool, just depending upon where you're from, what your background is. I also recommend having an axe or a hatchet and a handsaw. Mm-hmm. And I've got I got I don't have a handsaw, but I've got an axe and a hatchet. Um, I think I'm probably going to buy. I like the picture of your uh, multifunction shovel you got on your website. That is a handy little thing. It's got, well, actually we have multiple ones. So which one are you talking uh, about? The one I'm looking at is the one that you sell for about 13 bucks. It's a, it says compact multifunction shovel. Okay. Is that the one with the axe with it too? Uh, or not? The, well, it's kind of got a pickaxe on one end. Mm, let's okay. see. <laughs> no, it's got a water-filled compass in the bottom of the handle. Oh, okay, the one with all of the little stuff that comes with it. Yes. Those are great for your car because they have the matches and the compass and right. Oh, let's see what else was in it. Um, razor blade, fishing razor, line. There you go. Bobbers, fishing. hooks, all that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are really nice to keep in the car, too. Now, as far as the handsaw goes, that's more of a home item for me. Yeah. It, you know, because your axe or your hatchet's going to pretty much do whatever you need if you're away from home. But that handsaw could be really handy if you happen to get trapped in your home because you're in your basement and a storm comes through and you need to be able to get out. Now, what do you think about this? I want to get your opinion on something. I have two items in my vehicle all the time, and they have both saved my butt on a couple of occasions, one of them recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, For Christmas last year, I asked for and I received one of those uh, portable um, uh, jumper cable battery packs. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I charge it up and Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, my son uh, let his battery die because he left his lights on in his car, mm-hmm. and I went there to help him out, and we, we pulled that thing out of the trunk and hooked it up to the jumper cables, and it only took about 60 seconds, and we started our car right back up. Those are great. I do recommend doing the research on them, though, because I've actually had several of them in the past, and some are better than others. Some are better than others. I'm going to take a picture of the one that I got, which I really like, and I'm going to put it in the show notes for this episode. Um, And then the other thing that has really saved, it's not only saved me twice, but it's saved a couple friends of mine, and that is a, a portable automobile air compressor. Those are great too. A little bit of pricey for some of for some people, but those really can save your behind. Thirty nine ninety nine is what I paid for mine. That's actually not bad. I've seen them more expensive than that. And if you have the room for it, and that's something that you want to carry, that is awesome because it will save your backside. But I've also noticed something in the years that I've been prepping. Mm-hmm. There's some tools I never needed until after I bought it. <laughs> That's good. That's true. <laughs> well, and, you know, the two I just talked about, I never needed them until after I bought them. Right. Right. You know, because some people may have the idea where the air compressor is great and you can use it for several different things. You know, if you're just worried about having a flat tire, if you don't have tire tools, then the compressor is not going to do you a whole lot of good. But a can of fix-a-flat will. A can of fix-a-flat is good. I'll tell you where, where the compressor helped me once, and it helped a friend of mine. Um, I, I had a flat tire, and I could plainly see that it was just a small nail. Mm-hmm. And I also I got out my iPhone, and I, I realized that 2.4 miles away was a tire shop. Okay. So I used the compressor. I pumped it up. I had a pretty good idea that it was going to get me 2.4 miles to the discount mm-hmm. tire store, and it worked great. I, 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 it was easy for me, for me to get to the, the two and a half miles to get to the tire store. Yeah, and it's really a good thing that you're that handy because there's some people that don't have that option, and they may end up running themselves out of air without a way to recharge it because they can't find the hole. <laughs> well, okay. Well, then it, then it wouldn't be any good. Now, it, right? Some people might also be thinking, "Well, Bob, why didn't you change the tire?" The reason I didn't change the tire it was 106 degrees outside, mm-hmm. and I was in work clothes, and I could have changed the tire. And I have the tire changing tools in the trunk of my Honda, and I had the little donut spare in my Honda, but. I didn't. I just didn't feel like doing it when I knew there was a tire shop two and a half miles away. I thought I'm going to do this, and it worked. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah. While I'm thinking of it, though, one of the things, especially ladies, keep in your car is a good change of shoes and a pair of socks to go with it. Well, guys especially, need to do that, too. Right. I have one of those husbands that always dresses for to be ready for anything. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't dress up very often. But when he does, he usually brings an extra pair of shoes with us. But. If you have that type of job where your shoes aren't necessarily good for everything that you do, then you want to keep an extra pair of boots with you and some socks to go with it because you really don't want to try changing a tire on the side of the road in flip-flops. Nope, you don't. I have an entire change of clothes in my in my uh, emergency bag in my vehicle. Yes. yes, and not just the change of clothes. You should also put in extra uh, underwear and socks too. Absolutely. <laughs> You can get through with one change of clothes for three or four days, but you kind of need the extra cleanliness on your feet and your behind. Yeah, that's right. Change, and by the way, changing tire in flip-flops uh, is not very good, and I bet for you ladies, changing a tire in high heels is not very fun either. Right. It's hard <laughs> enough driving in high heels. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and of course, you know, the cleanliness products, those are easy to keep in mm-hmm. any any kind of a bag, whether it's your vehicle or your home. Right. You should, at minimum, carry a pack of baby wipes with you. They're good multi-purpose for anything. I do recommend putting them in an extra layer of a zip-top bag. They, it takes them a lot longer to dry out if you do it that way. But one brand new pack can dry out after about a year. I know because it's happened to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the good thing is is if you do find yourself in a situation where you have a dried out one, you can take some of your emergency water and put a little bit on it and rehydrate them for use. Yeah, and some of the the cleaning, cleaning properties will still be good too. Right, right. I actually just had that exact situation two days ago. My mm-hmm. son ended up with chocolate all over his hands. He was eating Nutella, and we couldn't find a dry napkin anywhere. And I happened to find a – you know those little wet wipes that they give you um, like if you eat at a barbecue place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The packets? I always keep a couple of them in my purse. Well, I got one out after I remembered I had them. I got one out, and it was dry. And I'm like, oh, dear. And I have, I had my bottle of water with me that I always carry, and I put some on it and wet it right back, and he was able to clean up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Allison, we are up pretty much against the uh, time limit, but I do want to do a part two. Sure. And, uh, and get you back on soon because this is really good stuff, and I'm sure that people are going to want to hear a lot more about it. Before I let you go, uh, go ahead one more time and give out your web address and a little bit about Irks Hub and Passionate About Prepping. Well, my website for Irks Hub is irkshub.com, E-R-K-S-H-U-B.com. That's Emergency Readiness Kits and Supplies, where we sell emergency supplies and survival gear. And Passionate About Prepping is my podcast, comes out once a week, and it is a spur off of my emergency store. And they can find that at passionateaboutprepping.com. Yes. I'm a little more active on the Facebook page. You'll probably find more stuff there, though. And on Facebook, it's Passionate About Prepping? It's actually Passionate About Prepping podcast page because I have a group page as well that I invite a lot of other people to post and things too, not just myself. Excellent. Allison Harris, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Bob.
You're welcome. All right, many thanks to Allison. Great job. There is a part two. There were some things we forgot to talk about in this interview. So pretty soon I'll bring her on for part two. And I'll get that posted probably in five to seven days from the date that this podcast goes out. Maybe maybe about a week or maybe even just short of a week, we'll do part two. And I'll get that posted because there's a whole lot more to say on the topic of bug out kits or bug in kits or vehicle preparedness kits and things like that. Many thanks again to Allison. Check out her podcast called Passionate About Prepping. Her website, irkshub.com. And if you like what I do on this show, if it helps you in any way, consider using my Amazon store whenever you make your Amazon purchases. The holidays are coming up. You're going to be buying some stuff on Amazon, I'll bet. Go to todayssurvival.com first. That's todayssurvival.com. Go to my Amazon store, click that link every time you decide to go to Amazon, then log into your account, and you'll be able to support today's survival show without having to spend any extra money because I'm an Amazon affiliate. I'd very much appreciate it if you would do that. With it, without anything else said, stay tuned to part two. That'll be episode 290 with Allison Harris of Passionate About prepping. I'm Bob Main. You've just listened to another episode of today's survival show, helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Hey, and by the way, can you please remember to put an iTunes review of this podcast on iTunes if that's the way that you listen to this show? Okay, folks, I'll catch you next time. Thanks.